We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Yes, 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 yes. The only true opening song to play when we have our very special guest, Brad Young, who you hear frequently, not only on Total Information AM, but filling in not only on this show, but others. Brad, thank you for coming back on Overnight America. Hey, my pleasure, Ryan. You know, last hour, what a great hour of radio. And uh, the only way I could top that is if I talked about alien abductions or the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> so have you experienced either of those? No, I've experienced neither <laughs> of those. But uh, I got to tell you, what a great, captivating radio, my friend. Very good. I really enjoyed it. And I was not surprised by the amount of interaction we had with listeners in the last hour, because anytime we bring up the Kennedy assassination, we get a lot of comments on that. So that was perfect. We'll have to try it again sometime. But uh, there's a lot of other things in the news. This was uh, a nice hour to think about something other than what happened this week and go back and look at other things. But uh, it brings us right back in. There's no way around it anymore. I'm just waiting for this week to end, probably like a lot of other people are. Yeah, this week I've kind of felt like a hockey player at the dentist's office. You know, I mean, it's just been uh, brutal. Yeah. (laughs) Another one? So that you walk into the dentist's office. Did you lose another one, Brad? That's what it would be like. You you look at the news and you're like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another story. Oh, there's another one. So uh, one of the big questions is what to do with President Trump in these last two weeks. Some members uh, of Congress have been calling for the 25th Amendment to be used against Donald Trump. And that's um, interesting for a couple of different reasons, because I think Congress is out until the inauguration anyway. But uh, number two, some people are are really loud and vocal about this sort of thing. So I'm hoping we can talk about that 25th Amendment and legally what happens during that process. Well, the the 25th Amendment was ratified in 1967. Uh, That ball got rolling after, interestingly enough, after the Kennedy assassination in order to clarify uh, when the president uh, is unable to fulfill his obligations as president. So what you've heard today, um, mostly Democrats, but one Republican uh, from northern Illinois, I think his name is Adam Kinzinger, has has said that he also would support having the president removed uh, from office, uh, according to the 25th Amendment. Yeah, he gave an interview today that I heard where he said lots of other congressional Republicans agree with him. They just haven't come out 
uh, with that publicly yet. So that, that's a real question, and I think that folks really need to understand how that 25th Amendment works if there's going to be a serious discussion of implementing that between now and January 20. Okay, so let's say that right now there's really, to me, it doesn't seem like there's any real motion set. That's more just talk. People are talking about it because they they feel like it is, um, you know, this is what they got to do at a time like this. Almost play some lip service to it. I I see it as more or less like they have to. It's a symbolic gesture talk. Like you know, they really hate Donald Trump, so as a symbolic gesture, we might as well bring this up. Um, I'm curious about the realistically speaking, uh, what is is this even realistic? Well. You need to understand this is not a legal process. It is a political process. So it's not like uh, articles of impeachment, which which is also a political process, but takes such a long period of time. Literally, this could be implemented tonight. Again, I'm not advocating for it. I don't believe that there is a strong basis for this personally. But uh, if the vice president and eight members of the cabinet certified that the president is unable to serve. And I know this sounds like a plot from, you know, the, the movie Air Force One with Harrison Ford, <laughs> you know, where Glenn Close is the vice president and they're discussing whether to invoke the 25th Amendment. But if the, if the VP, Pence, who's reportedly very angry at the president, and they're not speaking right now, if he and eight members of the cabinet decided to invoke it, it would start a process that's delineated by the 25th Amendment, which means immediately, once that would be transmitted to the President Pro Temp of the Senate, which is Chuck Grassley, and the Speaker of the House, which of course is Nancy Pelosi, once that would be transmitted, uh, at that point, instantly, the President's powers are removed, and Mike Pence becomes the acting President. So even out of session, they can just call in a couple of key figures and do this? Well, it would take eight. It would take eight members yeah. of the cabinet and the vice president uh, to invoke that. Now, after that's invoked, the president could then transmit to the, uh, the to the uh, president pro temp of the Senate and to the Speaker of the House his objection, stating that he is still able to fulfill his duties and responsibilities. At that point, the ball goes back. It's like a tennis match. The ball goes back to Vice President Pence, and if he and those original eight members again recertify that the president is unable to fulfill his duties, then at that point it gets bounced to Congress. But here's what's, to me, fascinating, Ryan, about this procedure. Under the 25th Amendment, if it would be bounced back to Congress, Congress has 21 days under the 12th Amendment to act upon that. Well, there's not 21 days between now and January 20. So Mm -hmm. if this process were done, Congress could just sit on it until January 20, and effectively not rule on whether or not the president is uh, removed from office effectively. Uh, But by just sitting on it from now until January 20, you know, it's kind of like a a football team running out the clock at the two-minute warning. They could effectively remove the president from office with no congressional action of any kind. Well, Grassley, you said he would have to sign off on it, which is pretty unlikely. No, he wouldn't. He would not have to sign off on it. It would just be Vice President Pence and eight members of uh, the cabinet. Huh. Well, that's... uh, Are there even eight members of the cabinet left? So many of them have resigned at this (laughs) point. (laughs) To 
two have resigned today, uh, which is, uh, I, I believe, Elaine Chow, uh, Transportation Secretary, and coincidentally, uh, Mitch McConnell's wife. She resigned today. Betsy DeVos resigned today. But Trump could appoint, you know, he could appoint Ivanka into those positions and Jared into one of those positions uh, to fulfill those duties. Uh, and, and so effectively, it would have to be Pence and eight members of the cabinet to take this action. OK, there's a lot of uh, fueling the fires in moments like this. And, you know, I, I see some hypocrisy, mostly because they talk about inciting violence through actions and words. And then they try to bring stuff like this up. And what do they think would happen if they actually try to set something like this in motion? Yeah, that would be like an act of incitement. So, I mean, that's... Um, you know, can I read one tweet to you? This is totally unrelated, but I sure. think it's hilarious based on what we saw in the Capitol yesterday. Someone tweeted, I am no longer impressed that Nicolas Cage managed to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I personally, I love that movie. That's one of my easily top 10 movies, National Treasure. Yeah, so, I think that so might be go, that uh, tweet. Don't go Nicolas Cage on me now. <laughs> I'm not a Nicolas Cage fan, but I've started to like him more as of late for things like this. But that tweet, you know, I can give up all the other tweets. That's just the one I needed to hear. Yes. <laughs> all right. It really, it really frames this entire issue, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> so uh, are you going to be making any appearances anytime soon on the station? Uh, no, not, not that I got on the calendar yet, but, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like the vice president, you know, my job is to sit around and wait for one of you big guys to get sick. And then I step <laughs> in at the last minute. So in that respect, I'm kind of like VP Pence here. I'm just a heartbeat away from the big radio chair. So <laughs> if you start feeling sick, my friend, give me a call. I'm Brad Young from Harris, Al Fisher and Young. So good to hear your voice again. And, you know, happy new year and all to you. And thanks for coming on tonight. Happy New Year to you, my friend. And he joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. In that 25th Amendment, it's I don't think it's something that is a serious consideration. Other, I think most of it is like a symbolic gesture based on their hatred of Donald Trump. Could be some of that. Is it political opportunist? What is it? Is it a real threat? Is it a symbolic gesture? What is it uh, bringing it up at a time like this? Do you think it's necessary? We'll take some of your calls at 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. It's Overnight America, KMOX. St. Louis's Morning News. Total Information AM. Weekday mornings at 5 on KMOX and KMOX.com. Yes, Overnight America. Thank you, thank you for giving us this time tonight. And I got to say, we've had some great discussions yesterday with everything that went down in D.C., but I also want to open things up now. And the way that this story has progressed is that you have certain lawmakers that are calling for the resignation of Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and any Republican that may have objected to the process yesterday. Um, and then, you know, Cory Bush, one of the people that are drafting things and talking about that. And I just think it's all political opportunists taking advantage of the situation. It's actually pretty sad to see that uh, they would do that. And then on top of it, the 25th Amendment trying to uh, kick that and see if they want to invoke it on the last couple of weeks before the end of President Trump's uh, first term. And oh, it's over as one and only term. 
Is it a symbolic gesture? Is it just a moment in time where they want to try to point out how much they hate the man? Is it a real threat? And they absolutely believe he's a real threat. Fake indignation. What is it? Uh, Political opportunist. You tell me. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I do want to take some of your calls on this because I think that we had so many different opinions on this yesterday. Maybe uh, some people are looking at it different. So same thing here. So here's the story at KMOX.com. Representative Cori Bush here out of St. Louis calls for Congress members who, quote, incited this domestic terror attack, end quote, to be removed from office. So Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, and others who supported challenging the results of the Electoral College to be removed from office. The thing that I find most hypocritical about all of this is that if we were to put this in, I guess, um, retrospect, Are we going to go back and find all the members of Congress that objected in 2000 that are still seated, seated like Maxine Waters, who has, of course, St. Louis ties here, too, because she also is someone that stood up and objected to the Electoral College results. But in 2004, are we going to go back and see any congressmen that decided to do that? Uh, How about in 2016 and ones that banged the drum about Russia the whole time and, and wouldn't give that sort of thing up? Are we going to use that same sort of mentality and say those that had disrupted the electoral college process immediately also be removed from this? And of course not, because it's just a politically motivated type of statement that's empty and shallow and opportunistic. And I think this is a good way for her to get her name out there. But I, this is the uh, what we're going to expect from her. I don't think we're going to expect anything fair from her. Are we going to look at this and say, oh, yeah, she's going to be a true leader for this region. We're going to be able to rally behind this. No, of course not. This is just a sign of things to come out of that office, calling for expulsion for that process. It's kind of a joke. D.C. National Guard is starting to give some uh, at least indications that they are arresting people, I think. CBS News there at the top of the hour said about 50 or so have already had charges put against them, which is good. We need all of them. I mean, any single person that went inside that Capitol building that didn't belong there and should not have been inside needs to be charged, period. And there's a couple of different things that they can do. They can actually use the um, uh, what was afforded to them by President Trump in an executive order. The based on all of the other issues with riding that we've seen over the past year and something else I read that was fascinating, too, because people keep trying to bring up, oh, you treated these rioters different. Well, people are very quick to point out based on the riots that happened in D.C. last year, the ones, you know, Bernie buildings and uh, I mean, really real bad riots that were going down across the country. The mayor of D.C. signed, if you remember, uh, they created a uh, restriction for police to stop with the rubber bullets and the uh, tear gas and things like that because they thought, oh, you're using these things against the peaceful protesters, so you shouldn't be allowed to use these things at all. Well, they changed the laws. Maybe that's part of the reason why the police had to act the way they did. More video is starting to surface. Yesterday, it was different because you only saw certain angles of it. Today, you start to see a lot more confrontations with police, real disgusting stuff, the way that they were uh, confronting some of the police officers on that line when they were just trying to hold up the barricades. Real disgusting stuff. And I think anyone that was going out there and trying to push and trying to push further, um, they have to be included as part of these charges too. If if they were there trying to push the line and get on to it, and even if they can't specifically see them inside the Capitol building, but they have the video evidence of them pushing and uh, assaulting a police officer, get them involved with this too. Every single person needs to be held accountable 
for their action in this yesterday if they crossed and broke uh, across the line and broke the law, period. And really, I don't think there should be any leniency at all. No leniency to this. Uh, and I hate zero tolerance when we talk about zero tolerance laws, but in an instant where you broke into the Capitol building, I, pff, sign me up. Give them the 10 years, period. There's no justification for anyone during that protest to be getting inside of that building, period. Uh, 314-436-7900. Let's go to Jim, who's holding the line. Welcome to Overnight America. Ryan, how the heck are you? Doing all right. I believe the uh, reason for them trying to invoke the uh, 25th Amendment and or uh, another impeachment process is they want to be absolutely sure that he cannot run again in 2024. Hmm. You want to, why would that stop him from running again? Because he won't be allowed to. He's, he cannot run for a federal office if he's been impeached or if he's been removed under that article. Um, is that true? I don't know if that's true. I have to double check that because the 25th Amendment has been used at other times. Like, for example, uh, President Bush, when he went under surgery. So they used it temporarily while he was under uh, anesthesia or whatever. So I, he came out of it and he still ran the country. So I don't know about that. Maybe he run for I'll have to double check that. Uh, what year did that happen? Well, he came back. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to double check that, Jim. But that's a, actually an interesting point. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, that's an interesting. I've never heard that before. But I will have to look into that. Uh, let's go to Lou, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, thanks. Um, all these people that are uh, calling for the expulsion of uh, the members of Congress who objected to, to the um, the voting in the different states and um, calling for the expulsion of uh, President Trump via the 25th Amendment or whatever, um, reminds me of this poem uh, by Rudyard Kipling called If, and um, I think it pertains to these people who are calling for all those things. And, it, and, it, and it, uh, I think it can apply to also to Trump and the people that are being accused. His first line is, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, and the last line is, you will be a man, my son. Hmm. Thank you, Lou. Wow. I don't remember the last time we've had a poem read on the air uh, as part of Overnight America. There is, here's, I think, one of the biggest problems that we're going to see when it comes to taking anything against Trump seriously in the last couple of weeks. There have been so many fraudulent calls for things like this in the past. I mean, just I mean, terribly fraudulent calls for this and to think that for some reason, all of a sudden they have realized that all of the other ones were, you know, unnecessary. But now this one is necessary is no one's buying it. People, no reasonable person is buying it, that you absolutely believe that there is a real threat here and that it is only it is necessary for you to do your duty in Congress for something like this. It is just an, an opportunity for you to get some political points, a symbolic gesture to show some fake outrage. Well, I'm sure you're, it's probably not fake outrage. I'm sure you're outraged, but you've been outraged for four years and it starts to get old after a while. It's like the boy who cried wolf. 
And how are we supposed to take this serious right now? And right at this moment, give me a break. Uh, you're thinking about what happened in the Capitol. If you really want to talk about the possibility of inciting people, this is how you do it. And I think you know that. And I think maybe deep down inside, you might be delighted with the idea of further incitement if this is the path you're trying to go down. This is the sad thing that we're running into right now. It really is. I want to take some more of your calls coming up after the break. I also want to look at the weather. We'll take some temperatures, things like that. We're up live until midnight. It's the last show of the week, and I am so looking forward to end this week. I am so looking. I hope this stuff that we're talking about tonight, I hope it doesn't transfer over. I hope we could be done with it. This is Overnight America, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to Overnight America. I'm on Facebook, Ryan Record Radio is how you find it. And feel free to call into the show. It's our last show of the week. I'm hoping that after tonight, things maybe settle down a little. Wouldn't that be pleasant? Please. I don't want another one of these weeks uh, ever. Uh, let's just leave it at that. So what we're talking about is the 25th Amendment. We had Brad Young to start the hour discussing the 25th Amendment and it, people's call for its use. Um, I just see it as a political opportunist. I see it as a symbolic gesture, if anything, but it's nothing that uh, if you want to play this game, this is how you do it. And I, I, it's, it's sad. I don't like the idea of it. I don't think this is the right use for it. And we're talking about the last two weeks of his presidency, and you're going to call and, and try to pull this now. Come on now. So what, what are we supposed to think? Are we supposed to take you seriously? So we'll take some of your calls at 314-436-7900. Um, one person texted in uh, Mark in St. Louis, so he can't run for office again. I got to double check that just to make sure. Another text message, wrong purpose for the 25th Amendment. Uh, Dems are blaming Holly and Trump for Antifa violence. Bush is a one and done candidate. One person texted in. Okay, let's go to Bob who's holding. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, thank you. Uh, no one, as far as I know, has talked about the irony of the whole thing in that um, if those people that broke in 
who are now being easily identified by a facial recognition or people that see them and recognize them and do that. If they'd award their masks like they were supposed to, then people wouldn't be able to identify them because the mask would hide their face. <laughs> no covering. Well, you know what? I am uh, grateful that we're going to be able to identify the people inside the Capitol building. They absolutely should be identified in charge for what they did. Yeah, absolutely. But without without masks, it's a simple process. But if they'd had masks on, it'd be really uh, hard to identify wow. them. I, uh, what a great idea. Oh, Bob, here, here you go. This is what we're going to have to do across the country. Well, for the safety of all Americans, we need to be able to identify anyone in the case of a crime. So let's just get rid of masks altogether. See, you just started something (laughs) dangerous here. (laughs) I'll leave you in peace here. Have a good last night. All right. Thanks, Bob. So there it is. Uh, that's that's the big part of it. Now, when that idea gets circulated around, just remember that it was not me that brought it up first. <laughs> I, I really hope they find and uh, it says, let's see, Capitol rioters could face up to 10 years in prison under Trump's monument executive order and good for that order that was put into place by President Trump. Good. And I don't think you'll have a problem having that order used in this fashion. It was designed for something like this. It says acting attorney general Jeff Rosen vowed that pro-Trump supporters who entered the U.S. Capitol would face the full consequences of their actions under the law. That includes the part of the executive order that was signed for 10 years in prison for, quote, injury of federal property, end quote. There was some I mean, uh, there, there were things that were going on that were not made easily and readily available yesterday to some videos. I saw today them pushing and shoving, pushing the line, trying to get in. Um, I saw them. I think there was some broken glass where they uh, they broke a display. They uh, so th- there was that one guy that tried to walk out with Pelosi's podium. And I think that was left um, that broken window. So there was damage done there for the most part. What you saw were people going in and just getting full access to a government building that they shouldn't have had access to. But you saw some that were just so, I mean, blazing in the way that they were handling themselves. There's that dude that goes into Pelosi's office and puts his feet up on the desk. I mean, and and he doesn't even try to hide his identity. They know who he is. They said he's sitting there waiting for people to come arrest him. Uh, And apparently he left a profane note. Let me bring that story up, too. Um, the one story was from Fox news. This is from newser, which was covering the story of the guy that broke into Pelosi's uh, office. Uh, okay. So it says, uh, amid the riots, uh, per the New York times, house speaker Pelosi's office, especially a popular target. The person was identified as 60 year old Richard Barnett of Arkansas. He bragged to reporters later about a souvenir he grabbed. Uh, and then told Rosenberg uh, he didn't commit any breach to enter Pelosi's office. Uh, he said that he was shoved as he walked by, and then he fell into the seat. <laughs> I'm not believing that one bit. Matty made himself pretty comfortable for falling into that seat. He needs to be included with all of these charges, period. I mean, these are some pretty huge violations that are going down in the Capitol building, which also raised the question, how in the world was this allowed to happen? How did security get so so to the point where they were overwhelmed that easily. Why is it that the police there turned down help? Why is it that there wasn't more preemptive help, even though leading up to this, I think there were some people that were 
saying that we should bring the National Guard in. And some people said, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't use the military for something like this. But then we have in the Capitol some very official business going down. And they were helpless. The The police were helpless to be overwhelmed. We saw people smashing equipment outside, reporters, equipment, cameras, and things like that. I saw one picture where there was a, a, a bunch on the ground. I I think that even some of the reporters that were on the ground, um, it, it didn't look like there was a huge urgency for them to get out of there. But when someone spotted a live report, they would want to get into the camera frame. That's pretty common with some of these things. A lot of people traveling around, getting in there, and it's amazing all the different states that are represented. And people start to post photos online. Can you help identify these people? And every once in a while, it's say, oh, I know this guy. Or, hey, I know who that is. Or, hey, who's this? It's just like a lot of times people are quick to try to point out if it's a Antifa person. Oh, we found him on this one website. Or here's a BLM person. Or here's a, a QAnon person. Or here's a far right a proud boy or whatever. People are very quick to do those investigations online. And they love to grab whatever pictures they can get and try to picture. And the, uh, the unfortunate thing is it's so unreliable, the information that comes in, because it's mostly used as a way to target other people. And they a lot of times doctor these photographs to try to put it out of place or out of context. And you cannot rely on those sort of things. However, the FBI is still looking for information and any tips they can get. I hope they get it. I mean, I really do hope that they are able to identify and charge every single one of those people that went into the building. Let's go to Joan, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Yes, um, I was listening, and I heard that uh, over 56 people or so were arrested, and they were from other states. A lot of them, yeah. Yeah, and then I heard on Channel 5 a while ago that they have that verify the truth, and they said that there it was absolutely no people uh, from Otifa there. How can I wouldn't say that. No, I, I actually have seen some pretty compelling evidence, and it's not just some of the regular things that are floating around. Uh, there, it, it's interesting because there have been some journalists that have covered these type of events that have traveled and seen these. And some say they didn't see the same actors, and some said we'd have seen the same actors. Um, and these are some people that are, uh, you know, eyewitness, like they they go to these type of events as journalists to report on it. And they say they've seen some of these same people. So that's interesting. Now, none of that has been officially confirmed by police sources, which I think we have to wait and see when it comes to yeah, that. I wouldn't I would, want to. I don't know how yeah. they can verify that there was absolutely none there. I can't, I don't know how they can do that, say that. Yeah, I don't think they can. It would be, the, I don't think they have said anything to that. I, they haven't made a comment on it either way, I don't think. Uh, Joan, thank you very much for the call. appreciate that. Yeah, there's, again, there's a lot of misinformation that pops up on the internet during times like these. You just can't take any of it seriously. In fact, I try to stay away from social media even when these type of events are going on, because it's just not productive at all. Uh, Ed is calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Well, thank you. And I try to stay away from the regular media, so yeah, the news media. So huh. we'll be hel- we'll be healthier that way. I'm afraid two things are happening in parallel. One is getting a lot of attention, but I think there is a serious uh, drive to impeach the president and to, and to penalize him as as deeply as they can while they're doing the investigation into you know who did what at the capitol i i'm i'm afraid they're they're both happening at the same time and i would not be surprised if if he is impeached even within this short period of time 
I don't even know how you can do it. I mean, it would be technically speaking. I don't know how you would be even be able to. I mean, it's well, the, the timeline wise. There's just you wouldn't be able to impeach. There's no way. Well, it, it will. It won't be for lack of trying. I don't know what mechanisms the power you know can use now, but but uh, I, I think those you know punishing Trump is as important as you know, whatever else they're they're dealing with right now. That's my fear. So, yeah, that's what. So you think that uh, let me just put this out there and you you mentioned an interesting point. So the punishing Trump, is, is that the motivation you see? It's not a legal standing for them. It's just they want to punish him. Well, I see I see a level of, of hatred that I have not seen in either media, social media or regular media. And, and the, the syrupy words are fine coming out of the leaders. But, you know, then what? What are they actually going to do? So I don't want to be an alarmist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just an old guy who's watched watched a lot of stuff. Go on. <laughs> All right, thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. I'm just an old guy that's watched a lot of stuff. That's a great line for a movie. That would actually make the trailer if there was a movie on this. I'm just an old guy that's watched a lot of stuff. You would have to get someone, a real cowboy-looking dude with a mustache to say it. And he would have to look off to the distance as the sun is setting, just thinking to himself. He's got a iced tea in his hand. I'm just an old guy that's seen a lot of stuff. Let's go to Vito, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hello. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, if, if only Mr. Trump could communicate to people in a normal way instead of calling them people names, I think everything would have been fine. Hmm. If he would what have acted more like a politician. Yes, yes. He did not know. He's like a businessman. Uh, you tear somebody down. And then on top of it, Melania, the beautiful first lady, she took on bullying as her petition for this first lady. (laughs) Miss Obama took on gardening and teaching children how to garden, and and she's married to the big bully. I'm sorry. But, All right. Thanks, Vito. I guess I didn't hear the word he used there. She took on, uh, I missed that. And I was trying to listen, but uh, I guess there was some point made there. I, I didn't connect it, so sorry. Uh, Rob is calling in. <laughs> Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, Hi Rob. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. I just, look, this whole 25th Amendment thing is laughable. It's not going to happen. Uh, Schumer and Pelosi, they're just kind of going through the motions and showing how upset they are. It's just theater, psycho theater, political theater. Uh, so, I mean, Trump has the mindset of a five-year-old. He's a walking Freudian picnic. And so this this whole thing at the end it was his kind of his last hurrah, his last antics. And, um, again, I, I talked to you last night. I, the only hope for the Republican Party is Mitt Romney in, in 2024. He won't be too old. And and he is the one who spoke out against Trump, even though he is conservative. And, and you know, I don't know what kind of I think as a nation, we have to quit thinking conservative, liberal, you know, left wing, right wing. It's just 
those are limited categories of thinking. Let's move them aside and let's think common sense. And common sense says that, you know, when you allow the buying of access to government, it's called political fundraising. And, and you're not a pure democracy if you allow the buying of access to government. Your average fifth grader who's had fundamental government civics class knows this. Okay, so we just have to figure a way in which political fundraising, which 95% goes to the major media sources, it just has to, in the future, come from one barrel of money and not two barrels of money. Hmm. Okay. okay, thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. Uh, I wanted to look up Mitt Romney because I was curious about his age. And I, I do remember the call from yesterday saying, uh, you know, Mitt Romney's the way of the Republican Party. I just don't see that. But he's 73 years old. That means in four years, if he were, for whatever reason, to run and become the nominee and win, he would be 77 years old by the time he uh, takes office, 78 a couple of months after he takes office. That's exactly how old Joe Biden is right now. If you go back four years, Joe Biden's decline is measurable and he is in terrible decline right now. I look at Mitt Romney. He is nowhere near the same level. I, 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 you could have uh, shocked me to say he was 73. I never would have guessed that. He looks great for a 73-year-old. I don't think he'll be in the same amount of decline when he's Joe Biden's age. But you never know. He is up there in age. You know, and, and Romney and Trump are pretty much the same age. Romney's 73. Let's see. Donald uh, Trump is 74 years old. So, yeah, they're, they're roughly the same age. I... I just don't see Mitt Romney being the guy that the party rallies behind. I just don't. And a lot can happen between now and then when they start to figure out who the next candidates are be, uh, will be. We'll take some more calls coming up next on Overnight America KMOX. I'm just an old guy who's watched, watched a lot of stuff. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. I am going to take some more of your calls, and then next hour we're going to take some more of your calls too, but this seems to be a pretty hot topic. I'm really hoping we cool down on this next week. I really don't want to have to carry this over forever. (laughs) I really, really don't. But let's do what we can tonight, and then maybe a few days off will do us all some good, and we'll just try to get away from the TV and anything else that may be aggravating us. Let's go to John who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hello. uh, There are some um, uh, political observers who are uh, concerned uh, for reasons unrelated to this uh, break-in at the uh, Capitol. Uh, Former CIA types like Ray McGovern and others who were fearful that uh, uh, Trump might become so desperate at the 11th hour that he might start a war with uh, Iran to uh, sort of incite the uh, uh, less uh, literate people to uh, back him, as some people do whenever there's a war going on. And uh, there's the com- uh, comment by his uh, Secretary of State, uh, uh, Mike Pompeo. Uh, you can look it up. He said to an a Texas A&M uh, group of uh, Rossi cadets for uh, a reserve officer training uh, corporation, thinking they might be of a similar uh, sociopathic mentality. He said, uh, when I was uh, director of the CIA, uh, we lied, we cheated, we stole. You can look that up. Uh, Pompeo said, we lied, we cheated, we stole, uh, with the idea that somehow he would get a, a cheer out of them. And he did out of some of them. 
Uh, and uh, this uh, you could look up. Uh, Pompeo said, we lied, we cheated, we stole. And I think uh, this is a possibility anyway that some people are concerned that he might uh, try to uh, falsify some false flag uh, type of uh, non-existent attack on on some American forces or, or allies to justify going to war. I, I just say that because uh, Pompeo did actually make that comment, and you can uh, verify it. Uh, we lied, we cheated, we stole. We even gave courses in lying, cheating, and st- stealing when I was director of the CIA. He thought that was kind of uh, okay. a well, macho. I, okay. Nah, okay. Well, thanks for your call. I just wanted to look it up real quick and... It's funny because a very liberal site, Snopes, already has dispelled this. (laughs) He said, uh, context is everything in this one. They said uh, Pompeo did not make the remark as a guest on a uh, state-controlled network. Um, He mentioned that, let's see, uh, the context of it is not the way you're putting the context of it. So let's see. Here's what Pompeo's comments are. I'll just read it. Why not? Pompeo, uh, so I was, uh, it says, uh, here's the direct quote. So I always begin with a deep understanding that no secretary of state gets through their first day without recognizing it's a tough world out there. We don't appreciate how glorious it is to be here in the United States of America on a consistent enough basis and with enough fervor. Maybe you do here at Texas A&M, but I think too many Americans don't understand how blessed we are. There are are many, many tough places out there. Having said that, not all places, uh, not all tough places are the same. They each present a different set of challenges. It reminds me, you would know this, but it's a bit of a aside. But in terms of how you think about problem sets, when I was a, a cadet, what's the cadet motto at West Point? You will not lie, cheat, or steal, or tolerate those who do. I was the CIA director. We lied, we cheated, we stole. That, it was like we had entire training courses. It reminds me, you have the glory of the American experiment. And so when you deal with these countries, you have to just recognize they're not all the same. Some of these uh, difficult, nasty places want to partner with the United States and just haven't gotten to the right place yet, just haven't been able to move their own institutions. And some of them may only be trying half as much as they ought to be trying, uh, but some are trying to move in the right direction. And then it goes on. It's a very long quote. But obviously, context matters here, and you're making it sound like that uh, he was admitting to a crime when he said something like that, which is obviously not true. But, uh, okay, uh, I can see why you'd want to manipulate or take things out of context. It's kind of the M.O. of what we've seen the last four years when it comes to Trump or anyone in the administration. It's it's, uh, par for the course. Uh, Let's go to Vic, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, Vic, are you there? It sounds like uh, the phone line's there, but maybe Vic uh, stepped aside for a moment. Okay, maybe we'll try to see if uh, Vic comes back in. He may have fallen asleep. When I was reading that quote there, trying to put it into context, it may have put him into uh, nighty-night land, which is okay, because we're getting close to midnight anyway. Once we get past the news here, we'll take a look at uh, really the latest of what's going on nationally and locally here in St. Louis. But we do have another guest that uh, I recorded from earlier, and it's kind of an interesting thought. Her name is Helen Andrews. She's an editor at the American Conservative, and she wrote a book about boomers. It says, the men and women who promised freedom and delivered disaster. And I thought, wow, isn't that a title and a half? So she's a millennial. Um, I think I'm a couple years older than she is. And she talks about the 
the differences when it came to boomers, their generation, their parents and the way they were raised and how they raised their kids, which are the millennials today and what went wrong in some of the things that they went through in the 60s, like uh, sexual liberation and things. You know, they do this free love or blah, 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 blah. And they said, look what that's led to us here today and all the problems we're having with it, society speaking and the way that they're teaching it to their kids. So they take a couple of moments like that, what boomers were doing when they were young, how it's played into where we are today. It was a pretty interesting conversation. She says she's not doing it as a way to try to make fun of boomers. She was doing it as a way to try to explain some of the problems that we're having today. So we're going to do that in the next hour. And you are probably a boomer because I know the audience here is normally a demographic that way. Uh, So listen to what she has to say and uh, save all of your nasty comments for after the interview. That would be great. Uh, Also coming up in the next hour. Oh, I'm so looking forward to our traditional Friday song. Oh, we need it right now, don't we? I'm your host, Ryan Recker, on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. You can get me on there, at Ryan Recker on Twitter. Many different ways to uh, reach me when I'm not on the show. This is Overnight America KMOX. Coping 19, brought to you by CDC and the Ad Council. Managing today's uncertainty can be over. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.